different fan hose spin-off show on this series we'll be talking about everything anime related i'm justin and i'll be your host joining me are two of my fellow fan holes why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves hey what's up this is derek derek wc hey it's mike thunderwing you fired dancing mech driver guy <laughs> on this our very first episode of big in japan We'll be discussing the latest entry in the Macross franchise, Macross Delta. And like most of the other Macross shows, it has various uh, connecting uh, themes, such as, you know, uh, transformable uh, space planes, uh, girls who sing and can, for some reason, have great effects on uh, space battles, and of course, love triangles. And Larry, the base... La- they're, they're like Larry. Larry, not only in this, in this one, in this one, we're gonna have five Minmays, Larry, <laughs> not just one. We're gonna have five of them. I was like, oh my god. The basic, the basic plot for Delta is we're following uh, one character, Hayate uh, Hi- Millman, and he's kind of a wandering, kind of a listless drifter. He's never had one job for very long. He runs into this girl named Freya. And she's from a planet called Winmaria, who have recently come into conflict with some of the, uh, you know, UN uh, spacey like galactic forces. And their meeting kind of like sets into motion their their 
uh, journey, I guess you could say. Hayate ends up becoming a Valkyrie pilot, and Freya's dream is to, it's not just to sing, it's to join the, like, premier all-female pop group of Valkyrie, which is kind of a, it, it's kind of a wacky thing. It's like a female pop group, but they're also, like, in combat. And in the first episode, you see them, like, there's, like, this battle going on with these, like, transformable mechs. And here they are, they're, like, flying around with, like, their rocket jet skirts, and they're kind of singing and having an effect on the various pilots. Uh, but that's that's kind of the, you know, short and simple, like, gist of it. We'll get into, like, more, you know, detailed plot uh, elements later on. But uh, I remember, like, when, when Derek and I first watched the trailer, I, I think Derek uh, shared some of my concerns because it was kind of like, oh, it was... I don't know about this. This seems like they went like kind of like to the extreme uh, with some of these like elements. So after seeing the sh- uh, series, Derek, uh, what do you think? Like, were your were your concerns uh, quietly dismissed, or do you still have like some issues with like some of the like you know the Valkyrie and all that stuff? No, I think I think I got into it. I mean, I guess what because this was something that I guess pulling back the veil. This was something that was originally suggested as a, a potential topic for like an anime dare and it was something that maybe you would have dared me to watch and what i thought was kind of funny was i i watched the first episode and it's one of those first episodes where i think the success in it is it made you well, at least for me it made you want to watch the next episode like i was i was engaged and engrossed and was like oh you know i was kind of like you know, fuck this shit, I'm going to watch the next one. And I just kept watching it, because I, I sort of got into the, the show itself. I mean, I, I think, you know, because, not, not that I'm a fan of it, but it's like, dude, I've seen Macross Plus. I mean, like, come on, like, I, I, I kind of know, I've seen I've seen Macross and, and Robotech, like, I, I think I kind of get the gist of the whole, you know, singing is this kind of, superpower that can assist in the midst of these military battles so i don't think that was quite as off-putting to me i think my initial thought though was like man i hate lindman may so much from the passion <laughs> of a thousand fiery sons and it was just kind of like i was sitting there going wait there's gonna be five of those chicks like in this series like can i can i can i even hope to like stand like i'm a one lin minmay is enough like i don't know if i can handle five of them but i i think my my fears were uh, assuaged because i i don't think a lot of these i mean that this is kind of like what what they are referring to what the kids are calling a soft reboot in my mind i mean it's set in 2046 so it's way 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 after macross but like it's got a lot of the same character archetypes. It's got a lot of the same notions and ideas. And I think the reason why my fears were assuaged were just that these characters, like the 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 what, Valkyrie or Valkyrie singers, like they they were not nearly as, I guess the epitome of every girl who had ever done me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, they were kind of just their own characters. And especially, you know, Freya, like, she she kind of had hopes and dreams and, and things that you can... Even when you're an adult and maybe some of those dreams have fallen by the wayside, like, you can still appreciate 
the kind of heart and soul that comes with youth and characters like that. I I just think it was something that like spoke to me, like it, it, kind of that whole inspirational spiel and everything. So I I, I don't I, I think I enjoyed watching these characters, and 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 it doesn't hurt that the music is is pretty fun to listen to as well. So Mike, I want to ask you. I know you just watched the first episode, but like, uh, what what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but like, I know that Macross is about like music is a huge part of Macross or Robotech or you know whatever you want to call it. So I knew that would be like a, a very key element. Like, I didn't know it was going to be like all so like all consuming though. And like, yeah, I was kind of like a little like weirded out. Like, it, like it kind of. It starts off like very like you know like humanity is moved to space of course like like in almost every like mecha anime or whatever and then it's like you know when there's this virus called the the what is the var who you know that drives people crazy and like yeah, you know yeah. causes riots and it and you know it's very like ugly and graphic and stuff and it's like you know and the only people who can stop the virus are these four like yeah pop stars who like sing and stuff and i was like oh okay well like i, like I felt like they switched gears really really fast but i was like okay well you know I'll, I'll, I'll watch and then yeah like i don't know i guess i was a little off put by it i think by the end of the episode i was i was kind of you know like i was kind of behind it but I wasn't like I, I don't know if I was like with Derek where it was like oh I want to keep watching I was just kind of like okay well that, I mean I guess that's an interesting concept and but yeah but like I assume like yeah um what's the main kid's name the boy oh Hayate yeah Hayate like him and yeah Freya seem to have like some like funny chemistry with each other so I was like oh yeah they're kind of you know if I watched it uh, like I'd, I'd be behind them you know basically but I don't know I was just kind of I guess I was off put by it because like when you say like i had not i had watched this site unseen like you just told me the name of it and i like looked it up and i watched the first episode so i was kind of like wow this is this is different like <laughs> so but i mean it i i think by the end of it i, I was kind of like not won over but i was like accepting of it but like at first i was kind of like wow and then like when the battle began i was like holy shit like what the hell's going on like first it was like yeah it was like this like spy thing it was like it was almost like this, like the beginning of like Captain America Civil War, where they were like all undercover or something, and they were like all waiting for something to happen, and then all of a sudden it becomes like Sailor Moon for like a couple minutes, <laughs> and then yeah, and then finally like the the like Valkyries arrive or the Macross like fighters or whatever, and then then it became like a standard like Gundam thing, and then. You know, it's like a Gundam thing or a Mecha thing, but then a bunch of like Sailor Moon girls flying around singing too. Like, I think, with, I think with, just just think of it this way: like just replace new type with singy pop singer Sailor Moon stuff, and and maybe you could wrap your head around it. Like, but you, you know what's funny to me is I I think this the way it's done in Macross Delta, I mean, I, I guess I'm not exactly the biggest fan of the entire franchise. Like, this this kind of inspired me to maybe try to look into, like, a lot of the series I've never seen. But I, I think the, the stuff I have seen that sort of turned me off to watching more of the franchise that was released in America, like Macross 2 and Macross Plus, like, that's kind of like the blue cupcakes of, like, pop singing saving the world to me. Like, and I don't know if it's just that I had that moment and now I'm over it, like, and it's been, like, 
I don't know, 10 or 15 years since I had the moment that you had. But, like, I, I do kind of feel like the way they did it in this was a lot more palatable because you can at least come to the notion that, oh, weird, these chicks are like Sailor Moon now. Whereas when I first saw it in, like, Macross Plus or whatever, not counting, like, Lin Min May just kind of, like, singing or whatever, like, I just kind of went, dude, like, why is, like, Eternity from Doctor Strange, like, a chick and, like, serenading, like, all these, like, weird alien peoples for whatever reason like and it like kind of weirded me out like whereas like eternity was like singing to like i don't know thor and people on the rainbow bridge or something and you're just like wow this is trippy dude like but i i can see why if you come into something cold like this and you have like no frame of reference for it then it, it can be kind of like what the what the what I, I think even as like a long-term fan, like I, I was off put too. Like I, I watched that trailer and I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like this is the direction you're going. I guess like the whole like magical girl thing is like really big. So like you want to cash in. Okay. But, um, you know, that, that first episode really won me over. And then I like, after about like four or five episodes, like I was into it. And I think the, I think what helps is like the five members of the Valkyrie, they have like their own distinct personality and none of them are really like annoying or or irritating like i there are a few things about the leader that i could probably say like i think i think that sometimes she's a, like the batman of the group she shows up and she does her job and then it's like where did she go and she she left and she won't ever like hang out with them or like have a meal with them and they're all kind of like oh i guess she like was tired she just like wanted to be by herself which they kind of like go you know they go into that uh, backstory of that character later on but but i was kind of starting to feel like she was like you know she's the batman and like she she's always the one who's like you know singing her hardest and like you know trying to like whip freya into shape and she's like you know you you can sing better like you you can do better than this yeah she but, she uh, did she did kind of come across of as maybe even though like she's probably the penultimate singer of this pop group like that she was a little more aloof than all the other ones because everybody else i mean literally was down to earth per se even though they're not on earth they're on that you know beach planet or whatever you know hanging out and defending it and everything but like you like you're saying you didn't often see her eating with people or chatting or you know living it up or i don't know in a bikini on the beach or you know just doing like normal you know, kind of recreational stuff when they were not on duty. So you, you did kind of get the feeling that, you know, maybe she's she's a little, I, I, I don't know if I'd say like Batman, but maybe like, you know, White Queen-ish, like maybe a little hoity-toity, maybe a little aloof, like that, you know, I, I think maybe you, your mind goes to that place where you're kind of thinking like, oh, maybe she's too good for these guys, like when they're off duty or whatever. And, and that isn't, isn't the case, it, it, you eventually find out, but... But, you know, you, you kind of leap to some conclusions, I think, based on, you know, what what you're just observing but not being told outright. I was also surprised by, like, how much I actually enjoyed the music of Valkyrie. Like, I, I was telling you guys before we started, like, I actually have, like, the two albums that are out. And, like, I've, I've been listening to them a lot, especially the first one. Like, whenever I, like, sit down for the day and I'm, like, editing my, my photos I've taken for the day, I'm, like sitting there like editing them and i'm like first valkyrie uh, i think it's valkyrie attack album playing and i'm just like man like i'm totally like 
going through my, seeing the trailer and going like, I don't know, I don't think I'm gonna like this. Totally like into the music. I'm just like, wow, like I, like, I guess I like really got into the show. I think also the the music. I, I mean, I guess one of the comparisons I wanted to make, besides it being maybe you know a soft reboot where there's certain archetypes that are similar, is I I kind of get the same. I don't know, it, it, this feels weird to say, but this is the kind of anime series for me that gives you, like, those those warm, fuzzy feelings in your heart, like, in the cockles of your heart or whatever, you know, because of the, there, there's the relationships between all the characters, and there's the way you describe the music and how, I, I don't know, to me, like, the, the music can be very kind of inspirational and kind of the whole thing where it, it, it's that notion of yes you're in the heat of these kind of mech battles but then on top of that you you throw in this really cool music that you like listening to and it just makes it a kind of special experience and i feel like i haven't really felt that way about an anime since maybe elreka 7 like i i kind of felt the same way about that where th- it felt a little similar to that not so much that there were these you know, quote-unquote magical girls in it, but the idea that, you know, the, the lead character was kind of like surfing the wind, and there's a lot of aspects of that as you go into um, Hayate being a, a, a Valkyrie pilot and how he's kind of, you know, feeling out the wind and, and how it speaks to him and all that kind of stuff. So there are these notions of their expertise, you know, in, in this series, but, but it also has that it's almost like this unquantifiable feeling, but but the the best way I can describe it is you you do have the warm and fuzzies when you're watching this, even if it's about sort of like war and mech and and the, it's 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 very different from it's like real robot genre, but with like the warm and fuzzies. I don't know how to quantify it other than that, like where where it's like the same thing if you watch like. I don't know, the live-action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, and you're like, oh, is he going to get with her? Is he going to get with him? Like, Yeah, I get what you're saying, because like, I, I watch a lot of anime, and I know sometimes I'll, I'll watch something, and even if I liked it, I'll be like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that was good, I like that. And then a couple of days, it's like I've kind of forgot about it. Like it, For whatever reason, it just didn't stick to me. I think it's been it's been about a week since I finally did finish watching this, and like it still stuck with me. I mean, obviously, I'm prepared to like you know talk about this and whatnot. But even even when I'm like I said, when I'm just sitting here, I'm at the computer and I'm doing you know editing for whatever, or I'm just like on the internet. It's like yeah, Macross Delta, like that was really great. And I think it it helps that there's a lot of like really great character moments, like like that that whole last episode. There were so many great moments in that. Before that, there's like there's uh, there's a really great moment where like I think Freya like. She jumps off of some like high platform and her like you know rocket skirt activates and she's flying towards Hayate and she's like she's like singing her, her heart out trying to like get him to like react. And I was like, man, this is really great. Yeah, there's, really there's there's lots of kind of like high climax, penultimate moments based on that kind of setup. Whether it's like the the dog fights that they're having or. The, the kind of daring do where you see these people like you know leap off into the sky with kind of abandon and no sense of anything other than sort of the the will to help someone else you know like it's very it's very sort of kind of like this this self-sacrifice but also kind of like this almost 
it's like a disregard for their surroundings, but in kind of like yeah. this this inspirational like like you you can't help but but sort of be impressed by it, even though it's like very kind of like in, in a in the real world, it's like if you just like ran off your roof and jumped off it, you'd probably like fall on your face and break your fucking head, you know. But like in this, it's like it gets to be like this super cool thing where it actually you know, d doing these kind of crazy things actually, like, sort of pays off for the, the the characters involved and everything. I mean, especially, like, the lead characters, like Hayate and, and Freya and everything. And, and, and they're they're cute together. I mean, it's, it's, it, they, they seem to have a good yeah. chemistry, and, you know, she's got that, that weird funny laugh that she has, like, throughout the whole thing, like, where she's, like, she's almost, like, she it's like she she kind of mischievously giggles even though she's just doing a regular like her regular laugh is disconcerting because he even says man you you laugh funny <laughs> like what's wrong with your laugh you know like so it's it's you know there there are the and, and and like you said there there are those cute kind of idiosyncrasies that each of the singers have that makes them individuals even though they're part of a unit and conceivably you could just say oh you know there are five singers but like you know freya is you know she's a windamirian and so that eventually plays into her, she's she's almost kind of like at odds with her own you know the the country the well the country the the planet she comes from you know like and and by joining like the UN Spacey and and Valkyrie or whatever I mean she's she's basically living out her dream but the price that she has to pay for obtaining the ability to live out her dream basically puts her at odds with essentially it, you know every everything she knows you know so i mean you know it, it's it's sort of heavy when you think about it but it's and it's not like they don't treat it with the proper uh, the proper weight you know but at the same time it's not necessarily something that is a big downer when you're watching the series like it's it, it's it's thought of well but it's not it's it's not something that's dwelled on so much that you you basically, you know, come out feeling like the grumpies after you watch an episode. Like most times you watch an episode yeah. and it's, you know, you're, you're feeling good and, and you want to kind of jump to the next one and everything. But I mean, you know, like, I, I, I guess, you know, some of it's like color coding like you do in any team, you know, but it's like, you know, so, the, so they all have like different colors and stuff. But I mean, m most of the characters for Valkyrie are pretty distinct. I mean, you've got the two girls who... You know, there, there's the one with, like, the green hair or whatever, and she's basically, like, kind of a, I don't know, she she's she's a little weird, too. Like, she's, it's what, <laughs> Ma Makakina or whatever, Makina. She, she, she kind of has, like, this, these kind of, like, weird one-liners. Like, she's kind of, it's like she's acerbic, but she's... She's she's a little off, you know, kilter and everything. She, and she's you know. like a, a nickname for every character too, it seems. Yeah, yeah. I mean she basically likes the um it's like she she likes singing, but she also likes like mech and building stuff too. So it's like it's this weird dichotomy of like she's like this kind of voluptuous looking pop star, but she also likes kinda getting dirty with kinda like how like uh What's her face on Firefly? Like, um, Kaylee. Kaylee. Like, it's it's almost like if Kaylee was like this this kind of bouncy, big boobed, like 
J-Idol, but she also liked kind of getting, you know, greasy and dirty, and she loved, like, different spaceships and mechs. Like, that's why in that undercover scene you saw in the first episode, she has that one, like, random moment where she's like, ooh, they're all, you know, and I can't even remember the name of it, but she, she gets all excited about the, the make and model of, like, a couple of suits that have, you know, mechs that have landed in their vicinity, and she goes, they're so cute, you know, and it's because she, she, she's not saying that just because she thinks they're aesthetically pleasing, and she thinks they're, like, cute because they have, like, pretty bows on them or whatever. She's saying, like, she, she digs them, you know? It'd be like, it'd be like a hot girl who, like, digs muscle cars or something, I suppose, you know, like, so, and, and, you know, like, Kaname has, like, that weird kind of relationship with, um, what's his name, Messer and, um, the, the captain, um, I'm trying to... Arad. Arad, yeah. So, like, it's, it, you know, like, and, and she, I guess technically speaking, like, she's supposed to be the leader of Valkyrie, even though, like, kind of like, kind of like your, your notion of the fact that, um, you know, Kumu Kumu, you know, like, she, Mikumu, like, she's the... She, she's the Batman type. Like, you could easily mistake her as the leader because she's, like, the lead singer and she's got the purple hair and she stands out the most and everything like that. But in reality, I mean, the, the, the real kind of brains behind their operation is, is Kaname. And, like, she's kind of just this, you know, straightforward kind of no-nonsense. You know, like, she, she was trying to be a, you know, a, a kind of, idol singer and everything and then she ended up you know joining valkyrie and you know kind of fighting the good fight with the delta platoon and all that kind of stuff so one of the characters i ended up liking but wasn't fond of at first is uh mirage and uh like i said in the opening it it wouldn't be macross without a love triangle and that's what we have here we have kind of a love triangle between mirage hayate and freya um unlike the original series this love triangle is not as emotionally intense, I guess you could say. When we first meet Mirage, she's kind of a uh, cold and stern character. She she doesn't want to accept Hayate. She doesn't want anything to do with him, really. She doesn't want to, like, train him. She thinks he's unworthy of being a pilot. He's just some, you know, just some guy who basically wandered in off the street. He's like, I'm going to be a you know Valkyrie pilot. Woohoo! And she's kind of like, you know, rolling her eyes. She has to, like, train this noob and doesn't really know anything. So I, I was kind of, like, not very fond of her. But as as the series progresses, like, she started to kind of, like, soften and kind of open up a little bit. And she, you know, she starts to develop feelings for Hayate, too. And I kind of, like, started to... I started to feel more for her, I think, than maybe Freya. And, like, I, I like Freya. She's very cute and she's very likable. But I kind of, like... I guess I saw, like, part of myself in Mirage because she's kind of, like, she can tell what's going on between Hayate and Freya. She she knows they each like each other, and they kind of lack the courage to say something, and she she's kind of struggling with her feelings, and she's kind of, like, you know, she wants to say something to Hayate about how she feels, but she can't, she can't bring herself to, and I, I think she doesn't really kind of want to, you know, muddle things up uh, between Hayate and Freya either. I think about the the second to last episode, I was starting to get frustrated with this little uh, triangle. I was like, man, is this going to be one of those things where, where no one admits their feelings and it's just going to be like a whole like fart in the wind. It's just going to be nothing. Uh, but no, thankfully, like in, a, in the very last episode where the giant dimensional space music 
weapon thingy like it connects everyone mentally in this like you know wacky new type naked conversation freya and hayate are kind of like confronting each other and they kind of like have this moment and mirage kind of gets angry with both of them she tells hayate she's like i love you and then she kind of looks at freya and she's like freya she's like you're just gonna let me say that like you know you're you're a coward how, how can you you, how can you let me like say this and not say anything to Hayate? You obviously care for him. And basically Freya and Hayate end up, you know, admitting their feelings for one another. And, you know, at the end of the series, like they get to fly off into Valkyrie. They, they get to fly off into the sunset. And I, like, I felt kind of sorry for, for Mirage. You know, she's kind of there, you know, she smiles and, you know, she, I think she's happy that she was able to like put these crazy kids together. But I was sitting there thinking, well, you know, what about Mirage? Like she just kind of, she's just there by herself. She's she doesn't have anybody. Well, I, well, I I wouldn't feel so bad for Mirage because, and and maybe this is just my warped and twisted way of thinking about it, but I think one thing that we didn't get into when we were talking about all the nitty gritty stuff for this series is the the Windemirians, which Freya is one of have a very, very short-lived lifespan. It's almost like they're Kess on Star Trek Voyager, but way, way cooler. And so even in this series, you could see her, the singing and, and fighting with the UN Spacey group was taking its toll on her. And even though, of course, there's this like happy ending, I don't want to ruin your, your vision of the happy ending, but I'm thinking if they ever do a follow-up series that takes place 20 years from now, you're going to find out that Freya probably passed away pretty quickly, and you'll probably end up seeing Mirage and, and Hayate together with a bunch of little space babies and stuff. Like that. Derek, you, you're a bad person, and you should feel bad for saying that. <laughs> Yeah. Did we did we go into what Mirage's ancestry is on on this cuz she comes from like the original like there's the lineage there from the original um Macross and everything. Right. Uh her her grandparents are actually Max and Mila from the original series. So let's that's kind of an aspect that is brought up a, a few times, you know, her her grandparents are like these kind of a legendary you know, Valkyrie pilots. They're you know very well known in the in, in this universe, and she kind of like she feels like she maybe she kind of falls short of that. And even some other characters kind of like saying you know they're like you know you you have this uh, lineage that you have to like live up to. You need to like be doing better because she she's often accused of like overthinking things, and especially like overthinking when she's flying. So that's that's something that she kind of like has to has to deal with. Yeah, I mean she's she's obviously like the 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 Lisa Lisa archetype in this series basically to uh, well I guess I I should say Hikaru but you know I I'm thinking of him as Rick Hunter you know and and Minmay and everything and like you know I guess you know Freya is is not anywhere near as annoying as Lin Minmay but she fills that kind of role in the triangle and in this you know like basically mirage kind of fills that whole you know uh lisa role you know who who would eventually go on to be rick hunter's you know it'd be like rick hunter and lisa hunter or whatever so like i i, th I think that's why i sort of see it going that way eventually in my in my glass half full twisted way of thinking for for macross delta but oh i i guess this is what i was going to say because it was hurting my brain so much is that like 
I, I was trying to wrap my head around the whole, like, family generational thing going on in this series. Because, like, with Macross, it seems like they always have a, a genius. Like, that's her last, her surname. And it's like, you're talking about how, like, Max and, um, wh what's her name? The Zentradi woman? Melia? Melia, right? Like, so, so it's like they, they, it's like they have, like, I don't know, like six or seven kids, and then she's like the granddaughter of one of those kids, and some of those kids are in the subsequent series and stuff like that, from what I gather. But then, like, it was hurting my brain, because I sort of know that in the Robotech, you know, in the Americanized version, Max and Melia's daughter, or Mirai, or wh whatever the fuck they call her in the American version, like... The, their daughter goes on to become the lead Sterling, you know, Dana Sterling or whatever her name is in the Southern Cross series, too. So I was like, they, they both, you know, both versions, even though they're vastly different, kind of seem to go off of that seed planted in the original Macross to, like, follow that, you know, family tree, I guess, throughout all these series. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting, but but also kind of, it's like you want to have, like, fan art with, you know, the, the Sterling woman, and then with Mirage, like, looking up, you know, looking at each other up and down, going, hey, who are you? Um, since we're discussing, like, ties to the original series, there there is something I wanted to ask you about, Derek. There's a group in this series called Chaos, and to, to like explain it to the listeners, like Chaos is like a, I guess like a military contractor. They like, uh, you know, they basically support Delta Squadron, and they operate Valkyrie. And throughout the whole series, we're constantly hearing about the like Lady M. It's like, oh, we we got a report from Lady M. It's like, oh, like you know, Lady M said if you don't do this, and you know, and I was sitting there kind of like wondering i was like who who is lady m it's like a, and a then, 200 year old minmay yeah <laughs> i was like what well, i was like no i was like huh lynn minmay is like the leader of this like you know civilian military contractor group and like she's she's the one like calling the shots like telling like you know delta squad like where to go and she's the one who's like you know basically behind valkyrie like that that just seems like totally you know, out of character for me and me. And I was, I, I, I know how you feel about that character. So how, how do you feel about her? Like kind of like becoming this kind of like mysterious, you know, enigmatic behind the scenes, wizard of Oz, like kind of thing. I think I put my, my fingers up to my ears and I'm like, but the other thing too, that I noticed was like, cause when I was like looking up like other, cause I was like, you know, maybe I should give some of these other Macross, you know, anime and franchises a chance. Like, one thing I noticed was, like, even though I feel the way I do about Lin-Min May, and I know other people probably share my thoughts, but it seems like, like, there was a lot of sort of, I don't know, like, like it, the same way the Japanese seem to, like, seed and seed destiny, even though me and Mike have our share of yucks about both, both series, you know? Like, it's, it's like that weird thing of, well, there was this whole, like, I don't know, special, where they collected, like, all these Lin Min Mei music videos and everything, and and it was, like, this special thing, and I'm just kind of like, well, they wouldn't have done that if there wasn't, like, a market for it, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm kind of thinking, like, the way the Japanese see Lin Min Mei is probably way different from the way 
I see Lindman May anyway, so I, I, I guess I hold no ill will towards them for having a, a Lady M in the background. I mean, if, if people want her to be Lindman May, I guess she can be, but she doesn't necessarily have to be. I can certainly be an ostrich and stick my head in the sand about it and, and not have it affect me you know too much it, it it clearly didn't affect my enjoyment of the series like i did i did really really enjoy the series i i, I think i always focus mainly on the characters anyway more so than you know the mechs or the model building or anything like that and i did really you know even the way you put it i mean i did enjoy seeing these crazy kids get together you know like i i, I had a good time watching that you know even a lot of the different you know, supporting characters, or or even like the the scenes on the water planet where the there are those like there's a freaking uh, what do they call them like the the mercats like I mean yeah. they're awesome I mean it's like it's like I'm sure you know if Mike saw a mercat he'd be like what the fuck but like <laughs> there are these cats that are like fish on the planet and like they it's like they're part cat and part like you know fish and shit and then they what the fuck yeah i I was just like you know so and it's like they're 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 super awesome so there's there's a lot of fun stuff in in the the and and a lot of world building and everything like that i mean even the, the the one thing that i wondered about was delta platoon and everything the un spacey guys like they they actually have a macross at their disposal and like part of me wondered because i mean it looks so much like the Macross from the original series, you know, I, I almost wondered, is this the same Macross? But I, I don't think it is, but I mean, visually, it, it, I, I think that's why I kind of point to this as being kind of like a Force Awakens soft reboot, because I think they're, they're, they're telling their own story, but they're also sort of telling the same Macross story again, and there are certain visual nods and touches you know whether it's the valkyrie fighters or the macross fortress or things like that 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 all tie into it and stuff i like how basically the captain of the of the macross elysium he's like i think he's like a micronized zantrotti but he basically he looks like a, a he looks like piccolo if piccolo like had mutton chops it's like, like it's like, like <laughs> if piccolo was on the space battleship yamato that's basically what it <laughs> yeah. would be but no, I, I don't think that is the same. I don't think that's the original Macross. I, I think, I want to say the original Macross was destroyed in one of those like. Yeah, yeah, I think. Series. Well, I don't know. I I was trying to read about it, and I think maybe like in Robotech it was destroyed, but like in in Macross it wasn't destroyed. But I I think you're right. Like this is this is not the same ship, but it does it does have the same visual kind of aesthetic as the previous one. I like that part at the end where the the guy we said was was you know space battleship Yamato Piccolo. I think his name is his name actually is pretty simple. I think it's Ernest Johnson. Ernest, yeah, yeah. And like I, I did like the moment where it's funny because it's such a like huge fortress. Most times it's like seeing something like akin to Fortress Maximus, like swat all these little flies. But like I did love that moment like towards in some of the final battles where. He's, you know, Ernest Johnson is actually piloting that fortress, and it's almost like he's piloting it like it's just any old mech. And, like, it was really cool to see it kind of in action, like, you know, fighting the, the Windermerian fortress at the end and everything. I thought that was a really cool moment for him. Uh, one thing we haven't discussed yet, really, is, uh, I guess, I guess you would call them the bad guys, although they're kind of like 
ambiguous. Uh, the the Marian kingdom, like uh, I guess the backstory is, uh, I think about seven years ago in universe there was some kind of conflict where when Maria tried to like you know break away from like UN Spacey and all this stuff, and then they uh, their planet was attacked by a dimensional weapon, and they kind of blame UN Spacey. And actually, it's kind of a uh, the blame is kind of like put upon one of our lead characters. Like I don't. I know we've been spoiling some things. I don't want to like give away too much, but it's it's kind of a plot point as to who actually dropped the dimensional bomb on uh, Winmaria. Just as uh, just as the good guys have the Walkery singing troop, Winmaria have something called uh, Windsinger. Basically, it is a it's a prince. I, I thought I thought this was a <laughs> I thought this was a girl at first because uh, I was like, oh, she's got a nice voice. But it's actually like a little <laughs> prince <laughs> who can like sing. Yeah, uh, Prince Heights who can like sing through this kind of like a device which amplifies his voice out through through space. Yeah, he does the, the, the whoever, whether it's a girl or a guy voicing the little boy prince, like they do have a really nice falsetto. Like I, it, it's supposed to be a very cold and kind of analytical song, I guess, is the idea. But just as much as, you know, I, I'm sure they don't have any soundtracks of the Windermerians or whatever, but I, I do find that even though it's supposed to be the song of the quote unquote bad guys, even if they're the, you know, all quiet on the Western front version of the bad guys or whatever, like I think that, I, I was always kind of humming the the Windermerian eerie chime to myself too, you know, like where I'm like, you know, or whatever, you know. And, and he's so yeah, so I I really like Prince Heintzama's falsetto, and I I think if Mike kept watching the series, that he would probably enjoy what we've been calling the quote-unquote bad guys the the windamirians but you know again i i think you are hard pressed to describe them as bad guys because they're not really you know they have their own reasons and rationale for doing what they're doing they're kind of almost uh you know uh, noble rivals you know they they were obviously wronged you know and and there's this kind of the equivalency of what what happened to the, their planet, you know, in terms of you know basically having a bomb dropped on them, you you know you could think of you know Hiroshima or Nagasaki or a nine eleven level event. I mean, it was something that probably changed their culture completely and and irrevocably. So you know the, that notion you know kind of plays through with how they feel about you know our you know main protagonists and everything. Yeah, I thought the uh, they're called like the uh, the aerial knights of Windmaria. I thought they were all pretty pretty well uh, nuanced. Like the the leader Keith, who's called like the White Knight. Uh, I really like him. He's kind of a you know he he kind of like exemplifies that uh, noble noble knight persona. He's like very he's very loyal to the royal family. The only note I had was that I know you brought up Keith, and it, it always cracked me up that. Heinz would call him Kiss because he can't really say Keith. He is, he says like Kiss basically. He's like Kiss, you know, instead of Keith. So that always cracked me up. Yeah, but I I think except for uh, Bogue, you know, the like the red haired, like uh, really impulsive, kind of irritating guy. I, I think I liked all the Aerial Knights. Like they were all like pretty. Cool. I also liked a lot of those encounters the Delta Squadron had because sometimes they get shot down or captured. 
or they're like they're trying to infiltrate some facility and they like end up running into one of the members of the aerial knights and you're like oh man like this this is not gonna like go down good like shit's gonna get real like somebody's gonna die but uh they end up like interacting very well like they you you would think being you know on opposing sides of uh, what is uh intergalactic conflict they they would like immediately want to like kill kill the other party but they end up like having some really nice interactions with each other and i i really like that especially the you know there's one of the aerial knights like he's you know as, as you were saying about freya she's like almost at the end of her life well this guy is basically on his last leg like he's as these wind marians age they kind of like have like this white encrustation like developing on their skin and he's pretty much almost completely like encrusted with the white and he he's still flying his uh his fighter and basically when he's like in this huge dogfight with Hayate, like it kind of like overtakes him and he crashes and instead of like trying to like take advantage of the situation like Hayate lands near him and kind of like is kind of like looking after him i was like wow that's that's very interesting you you think like in a in maybe any other anime or something like they would like kind of like have this like very epic like struggle to the death or something but no he's like kind of like taking care of him and like even freya like uh other wind marians kind of uh, accuse her of like being a traitor because you know she she's from wind maria she's not supporting them she's like actively working with uh delta squadron and valkyrie and a lot of the a lot of her countrymen call her a traitor but she ha- she has some like nice interactions with uh with some of her fellow countrymen too like not not everyone is like a as harsh with her as some uh, some of the other characters are so like uh, yeah i i was kind of like fully prepared to like hate the wind marians and you know be like oh boo boo the bad guys but like they they were actually like very very interesting very well developed i thought yeah i mean i i think for somebody like mike who's only seen the first episode i might draw parallels to characters in gundam like norris packard or ron Baral, you know because they they have that kind of they're they're the enemy but there's also that notion of you know if it wasn't for these twisted you know hands of fate you know we we might have been friends or we could have been buds or something like that there there's that sort of bittersweet notion to the 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 combat between the windamirians and and the the delta platoon and everything like they obviously have a mutual respect for one another, even though they're adversaries in this conflict. So, and, and, you know, and that does lead to some kind of rival, rivalry fusions, you know, towards the end of the series and stuff like that. So, I mean, it definitely does sort of have a, uh, you know, a payoff to, to that kind of mutual admiration and respect. Well, I'll just say that my favorite part in the first episode was when Freya was like explaining her dream, and then the kid just kind of like looks at her and just says like derisively, like "This is dumb." <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of those funny like I, I, I mean, obviously this must have been like fan subbed or something because there's a lot of the whole you know, what the fuck's wrong with you? And you're like, I know he didn't. I did say notice that. I, I know. Yeah. I was like, I know he didn't say that. You know, like that. So there, there was that. Like I sort of. I kind of ignore those those uh, subtitles that are, are pretty crass and just kind of chalk it up to some overzealous translation or whatever. So I'm like, after like watching the first episode and hearing hearing Derek and I discuss this a bit further, like, do you, is this something you would want to like, 
you know, pursue and watch to the end, or you, or, or are you just fine watching the first episode? I don't think I'll watch any more of it, but I mean, I, it looks like something if I was in the right mood for, I could watch. Yeah, like for an extended amount of time. But like, I just have like at the moment, I have too many other things on my plate and not enough time to get through those. So probably not. But I mean, it's like I said, I came around by the end of the episode, but it it was kind of weird. Like it, it might it might take me a couple episodes to really get into the groove of it. I, I think as far as selling points and final thoughts for myself, I mean, I, I did have plenty of other things on my plate, but I was like, fuck this plate, and I threw everything off of it and put put Macross Delta on the <laughs> fuck plate instead. Because <laughs> I, was, I was into it. The, the only thing I'll say is, man, if you thought doing the... Uh, the Vulcan, you know, symbol, you know, for live long and prosper was tough on your fingers. Like, try doing the one-handed Valkyrie symbol where you, like, cross your index finger and, and your fourth finger together as the W, like the, you know, the chicks do <laughs> on stage. Like, that's 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 pretty trippy. So, yeah. that's, that's all I, I gotta say about that. I think the only thing that irritated me slightly with this whole series, it's like, Prepare for 26 episodes where people constantly talk about and refer to the wind. Because you get, like, several lines of dialogue each episode where they're like, it's the wind. We need to, like, feel the wind. The wind is turned against us. What is this wind? How is the wind, like, protecting you? I'm like, Stop, enough with the wind already. The, the wind is, like, also, you have to you have to substitute that for, like, new type. Like, I've got this feeling. Got this new type feels. I've got the spider sense going on, like. But you just replace. You should talk it with to like wind. You should talk to like Ryu from Street Fighter. He's obsessed with the wind too. He's always talking about this is a good wind. Like, or... it's like Ryu, secret alien Windamirian revealed after all this time. I guess so. So Derek, uh, you watched the whole series. Like, what did what did your what did you come away with uh, after watching all this? No, no, no. I mean, I like I said, I like this show. It, 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 you know, basically, kind of spoke to me in the warm, fiery cockles of my heart. I think if people like, you know, mech suits and anime and that kind of genre, I think they'll enjoy it. I think if you like something like Elreka Seven, you'll totally dig this. You know, if you like something like maybe, um, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, uh, Gurren Lagann, you know, you totally dig on it, you know, like, so that, that's, that's kind of my ultimate take from this, and, and again, you know, if you like that kind of poppy music that's kind of inspirational, I mean, th this has an added bonus of having, like, a, a really kind of, I don't know that I call it, like, a great soundtrack or great score, but it's, like, it, it definitely fills that pop music element of, the songs get stuck in your head, and 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 you you kind of get into liking the the main songs that Valkyrie ends up singing throughout the piece. Well, I think that's going to be it for our first episode of Big in Japan. Uh, Derek, if you were on the internet and you wanted to find us, where would you look? If you want to listen to more episodes of Big in Japan, go ahead and go to the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. This is going to be over on the Fanholes feed. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, go ahead and email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. All right, and that's it for this episode. This is Justin. Music is a mystery.
This is Derek, Derek WC. So yeah, it's stuck in my head. This is Mike, Nuclear Valkyrie. <laughs> Nuclear Valkyrie.